This is Women of Grace Live, discussing issues important to your life and faith. Spiritual insight, practical wisdom. Join us as we transform the world one woman at a time. Women of Grace, for such a time as this. Now, here's your host, Johnette Williams. Well, good morning, everyone, and welcome to Women of Grace Live. I am Johnette Williams. Very happy to be with you. I certainly am. What a beautiful day in the Lord it is. Amen and hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for another day of life. We offer you everything today, Lord, through the Immaculate Heart of our Blessed Lady and in union with all of the Masses being celebrated today. May our every thought, word, deed, and suffering tend to your greater glory and our eternal salvation. Amen. No better way than to begin the day with a prayer of thanksgiving, gratitude, and offering to our Lord. I hope you begin your day every day like that. If you don't, well, you know, begin. It's never too late to begin. I don't care if you're nine years old or 99 years old. It's never too early, never too late to begin. And you know, if we do well in training our children up for a morning offering, they will carry it with them throughout their life. If they stray from it, They will come back to it. Uh, So we begin to put these very good holy habits into place in their lives so that they might live that abundant life in our Lord Jesus Christ and share it with others. And that's what we serve you in doing. I pray to God. (laughs) That's the whole purpose of Women of Grace Live. And I can tell you one thing. You serve the Lord for me personally and all of our listeners when you join us right here on Women of Grace Live via our telephone or via uh, EWTN Radio's YouTube channel and Facebook page. Those are the ways that you can get in touch with us when we are on the air live. So I do encourage you to use that toll-free number right here in North America. It's 833-288-EWTN. Matthew Gubinski will take your call. That's 833-288-3986. Inviting you to make use of that very good opportunity. If you're outside of North America, here is your number. It begins with country code 1205. 271-2985, country code uh, 1205271-2985. Lots of twos in that number, aren't there? (laughs) And eights. (laughs) All of that being said, we also invite you uh, to use that chat feature at EWTN Radio's YouTube channel and Facebook page. All of those ways that you can join us today. Well, today is Wednesday. That means it's Wacky Wednesday. Sue Brinkman is with us. We're going to be getting to Sue after our first break. It is not too early to call in with your questions. Our phone lines are already lighting up. Uh, They will probably be fairly well stacked throughout the program, maybe completely stacked. So if you do have a question uh, on anything that you see going on out there that is kind of strange, we're living in a day and time that seems to be really saturated, really saturated uh, with uh, false ideologies uh, on every level, infatuations with things that are very far removed from sacred scripture and the teachings of the church, uh, really that stand contrary to the teachings of the church and what sacred scripture says. And I just thought of something as I was saying those words, you know, we had a we had a push for this in the United States of America here in our country, and I'm sure throughout Western civilization towards spiritism 100 years ago. Uh, in the 1920s, this was a very, very big deal. Uh, it's something that came in through Madame uh, uh, Blavatsky, uh, Helena Petrovna Blavatsky, who was a Russian noblewoman, uh, got involved 
involved in all kinds of things that uh, were esoteric, um, traveled to India, for example, and became schooled in, in Hinduism, a religion, and Buddhism. And she kind of brought that into an occult, Western occult perspective and jumbled all of this together and founded the Theosophical Society along with Colonel Olcott. And that was back in, in the early 1900s, and it was something that really got a lot of traction. It was kind of further encouraged, really, um, at the World's Fair that was held there in the in the uh, early 20s. Uh, and there uh, was the first time that that a yogi from India came, and he just grabbed the uh, uh, the imaginations uh, and the interests of so many people who maybe were not firmly planted in the revealed truth of sacred scripture and the teachings of the church, and everything Eastern became very popular. It's interesting. This is 100 years later, and we've seen the same thing happening again. Uh, you know, and it's, it's curious the way things have these trends and seem to reappear throughout uh, history. So we have a lot of work to do in exposing why these things are not in concert with sacred scripture, not in concert with the teachings of the church. And that's what we do here on Wednesdays. And we take your calls about specific questions that you might have about things that you are seeing. It's an important service. It really is. There's very few doing this. As a matter of fact, I really don't uh, know of any other uh, uh, groups that have been doing this for as long as we've been doing it. We've been doing it since 1992. Uh, uh, and we find that the uh, need has not decreased. It's only increased uh, over all of those many years. We're talking about better than 30 years now. Uh, it's only increased. Uh, and so we offer this opportunity for people to become uh, knowledgeable to the extent that it's necessary in their own lives. Uh, you know, I know for a fact that exorcists are very busy today. People in deliverance work very busy today because we get ourselves all tied up with powers and principalities and we are not paying attention to the advice and guidance that we have through Holy Mother Church and sacred scripture. But fashioning for ourselves our own uh, teachers who tickle our ears, we find ourselves, I think, as a civilization, wandering off to fables. And we offer you this opportunity specifically so that that is not the case. We don't want for you to get involved in these kinds of things. And we want to answer questions for you, uh, you know, to the extent that we possibly can. So Sue is going to be with us after our first break here, which is coming up very, very soon. Uh, I do want to share with you a little bit about uh, some really exciting things that are happening through Women of Grace. We are always doing things. <laughs> You know, we're always in the mission of presenting the truth <laughs> in every facet and using every kind of technology that we can. And we've got a beautiful thing that's coming up. Tuesday, February 27th at 7.30 p.m., inviting you to join us for a beautiful, beautiful online webinar that's going to be hosted by Father Chris Alar. Now, so many of you love Father Chris, and why wouldn't you? He is just a dynamic, dynamic presenter, speaker, and teacher. And what he's going to be doing is taking us deeply into the image of divine mercy. And that is what the title is, Dive into the Divine Mercy Image, a Deep Exploration with Father Chris Alar. Now, he was with us last year. And he began to talk about the Divine Mercy image in, in our webinar. And everyone was intrigued because he was pointing out to us things that we don't necessarily know about or that are not typical to a conversation about this 
image. So he really takes us deeply. Now, you know, when we look at the divine mercy image, we know that it's an icon, right? And so an icon carries a certain presence with it. Uh, remember that this is as close to uh, the exact image that St. Faustina saw when our Lord appeared to her. And this is just, I think, laden with graces. And as we can never exhaust the mystery of Jesus Christ, our Lord Savior, the Son of God made flesh, there are layers uh, to this image uh, that we probably cannot exhaust the mysteries of. But Father Chris is going to take us deeply into that. You can sign up right at our website, womenofgrace.com. It is all there for you, and I am inviting you to do that. You hear that music going to a break. Sue Brinkman on the other side of it, inviting you to join us right here, 833-288-EWTN. That's 833-288-3986. Women of Grace Live, Johnette Williams, coming right back. Stay with us. Join in on the conversation. The Women of Grace phone lines are open. 1-833-288-EWTN. 1-833-288-3986. Welcome back, everybody. You are listening to Women of Grace Live. I'm Johnette Williams. I'm very happy to be with you today. We love spending this time with you Monday through Friday as we discuss issues of importance to your life and your faith. We are always eager to hear from you, as you well know. <laughs> and so I am inviting you to give us a call here. That number, once again, 833-288-EWTN. Just use that number and you will be able to join us right here live on Women of Grace Live. Also available for you out there at EWTN Radio's YouTube channel and Facebook page. We invite you uh, to join us there as well using the chat feature, of course, to get your question or comment, insight, inspiration, or word of encouragement up on our board so that we can address it. Just wanting to let you know that we've got Rich Jesse producing the show today. We also uh, have uh, Michael Gubensky on the phones. And I do believe that it's Michael McCall out there. Yep, it's Michael McCall out there collecting your questions uh, being left for us in social media. So without further ado, let me introduce Sue. Hi, Sue. How are you? <laughs> oh my gosh. Very I good. Get out of the rhyming in thing. the mood to be wacky. The rhyming and everything today is going to be wacky. I can tell already. <laughs> it is. It's it is. Wacky. I know, and we've got phone calls already, but I want to take a moment because we've got, as I was saying, some exciting things coming up at Women of Grace, and I was talking about this beautiful uh, webinar that's going to take place with Father Chris, February 27th, on Dive into the Divine Mercy Image, a deep exploration with Father Chris Alar. We're inviting all of you to sign up for this. It's going to be tremendous. It's a beautiful, beautiful meditation uh, as we enter into uh, this Lenten season. So I want to invite you for that. But we've got a book study. We're, we're doing something really kind of unique with the book studies. So why don't you share with everybody about that? Yes, we are. We're, we're, we're going to be doing four small book, uh, three, three small book studies in a row yes. is what we're going to be doing. And the first one is Seasons of the Soul, which is just a beautiful little booklet from uh, Blessed Conchita. Mm -hmm. She wrote this, and this is just a lovely meditation, but it opens the uh, opens up the door to learning about progression of of life in in 
you know, of the spiritual life and, and how we progress from one stage to the other. So it starts out with the springtime, goes into the summer, goes into the fall, and then into the winter of the soul. And and throughout that, you know, this this study, which will only last for four weeks, it's only going to last for Lent. Um, it just gives you a good idea of uh, where you're going, uh, what's ahead for you, why you should keep going with this, uh, what God has ready for you and for those who love him, uh, which you'll find out about in the winter of the soul. Um, it's just a, it's beautifully written. Um, but there's a lot of good things that we can bring out in this. So, yes. you know, what is pride? And when you get a good hard look at what pride is, you just want to shrivel. It's just it's like, oh, no, <laughs> I got a lot of work to do here. But it's perfect for Lent for that. It's perfect because you're going to really sit down and see, OK, where am I? Um, uh, where do I want to go? Where do I want to go? What, how pure is my heart right now? What are my intentions in the things that I do for the Lord and for others? You know, what are my intentions? It really gets you to, to ask yourself some, some good questions uh, that I think are going to make Lent uh, much more satisfying and fulfilling. Yeah. I just want to comment on that for a moment because Blessed Conchita uh, is, is a new Blessed. She's only been uh, named Blessed probably in the last couple of years. I forget exactly what year it was, but it's not that long ago. And when we made our pilgrimage to uh, Mexico City for the Feast of Our Lady of Guadalupe, we had the opportunity to go to her home. Uh, Sister Mary of the Angels, uh, I had the opportunity to interview her and we explored her home. We went to her tomb. Uh, she has a very deep, very rich spirituality, and her spiritual director, at least one of them, was uh, was uh, Archbishop Luis Martinez of Mexico City, uh, who himself, his cause has been opened up. Uh, many people know him from some of his books, one of the most popular ones being uh, The Sanctifier, but a beautiful, beautiful soul is she and we get a glimpse into that in this in this little book but yet impactful book called seasons of the soul so we're starting with that and i think you are right sue it's it's a perfect offering for lent and we're going to follow it up though because we know that the easter season is on the heels of lent so share with us what we're going to do next well we're going to be doing um in the school of the holy spirit by jacques philippe you know mm -hmm. nobody pays attention to pentecost you know and what's coming after Lent, we get so engrossed in our Lenten, uh, and I do the same thing. We get so engrossed in Lent, and we forget, hey, you know, there's a wonderful area of study here that, that we could engage in, uh, and that's the study of the Holy Spirit uh, between Easter and Pentecost. So that's what we're going to be doing. Another brief study. It's a small book. It's not a big book. Not a lot to take on. Um, and it's uh, it's the School of the Holy Spirit by Jacques Philippe, and I think that people will find this to be very, very good. Um, especially if you want to learn how to get closer to the Holy Spirit, learn how to rely on him more, how to be open to his inspirations, how to hear his docile, his, his voice, how to be docile to him. Um, this is what we're going to be studying then. And then we're going to follow that up again in May with Icon of Trust. Oh. And it's by Father, and I'm going to let you pronounce his name. Oh, <laughs> I can't yes, pronounce it because I don't have it in front of me, and I've got to take it slowly. <laughs> it's, a, it's, it, it's a very Eastern European name with lots of consonants and vowels. <laughs> Father Zedraka. Zedraka. But it, it's a beautiful book, beautiful icon of Christ. It's Mary in the Gospels of Luke and John. Mm -hmm. So we're going to delve into Mary in the month of May. Again, it's a small book. It's not a big, it's not a big chunk to bite off, you know, it's, but it's going to give you a lot of very, very good information. Yeah. Um, good things come in small packages. And this is, this is one of those. Yes, um, it's and it's really going to help us to really see her 
in those two particular gospels. So yes. um, that's what we have coming up and we're excited about it. We can't wait to get started. We, we can't. You know, I received, uh, I, I received Icon of Trust uh, to uh, prepare for an interview with Father. And it was a beautiful, beautiful series of interviews with him. And I was so moved by this book. And this book so enriched my own uh, spiritual life that I bought a copy for uh, all of the uh, regional coordinators of Women of Grace. And I believe I bought one for all of the women on staff, too. Uh, and it's just one of those books that it really can enhance. Uh, in a, your appreciation for not just our Blessed Mother, but God's plan of salvation and who she is in it and who we are by way of, of this spiritual maternity of Our Lady, who we are in that plan as well. So I do want to encourage all of you to sign up for the book studies. The first one we're offering, of course, is the only one up there right now. It's Seasons of the Soul. Uh, beautiful, beautiful book. You're going to be moved. You're going to be so moved. It's going to enhance your, your relationship with God on every level. It's going to take you deeply into the heart of, of, of a woman mystic, uh, really not that far removed from our own day and time, who is now a blessed, uh, blessed Conchita, uh, Concepcion Cabrera de Armida. She's known as Blessed Conchita. Cheetah. Her name is Concepcion Cabrera de Armida, and a beautiful woman of God. So that's going to begin March the 4th, running through March 25th, 7.30 p.m. So we want you to sign up for that. We want you to sign up for Father uh, Alar's webinar on Divine Mercy. Lots of beautiful things to help you make this a very special Lenten season. But we want to get uh, we want to get into our topic today, and I'm inviting all of you to give us a call here, 833-288-EWTN. That's 833-288-3986 or social media at EWTN Radio's YouTube channel and Facebook page. Sue, there was a topic we wanted to dig into last week, but we didn't get there because we had so many calls, which was wonderful. So we've saved it for this week. And it has to do with hauntings. I mean, really and truly, there is so much chicanery going on. Uh, there, the, <laughs> the interest is so heightened. Uh, in our day and time for the things of the occult. And, you know, we've got chicanery on, uh, in terms of, of these various individuals who go out there and do these ghost-busting things, chicanery on the part of technology that they use. I mean, it's just all crazy stuff. Oh, it's very crazy. And I became very intrigued by all the gadgetry, uh, which the American public is very intrigued by that too. Uh, last week we were talking about how uh, Princess Diana's former butler believes that she's haunting his house. Right. And they had uh, they had a Ghostbuster come in, and he had his, his little EVP, uh, Electronic Voice Phenomena is what that stands for, EVP uh, uh, gadget, and claimed that he caught her voice on it. Now, and this recording was on the website that I was reading this on. Now, I listened to this about six times. <laughs> I couldn't hear a thing. I heard absolutely nothing. And I thought, why does everybody else hear this? And I don't hear this. Um, well, here, I, I started to read up about it. The EVP recorder is probably the only ghostbusting equipment that really wasn't designed for anything but ghostbusting. Most of the other stuff they're using is has other purposes. But um, the EVP recorder, what the, uh, the experts believe, why you think you hear things in all the static, because that's all it is, is static. And there might be like a little bleep in the static in the static. And they say, oh, there she is. There she is. There's her giggle. She just said, I'm here. I thought, no, she didn't. I didn't hear a word. <laughs> but they say that what happens here, it's a phenomenon known as pareidolia. And it's a tendency to perceive human characteristics in, in meaningless perceptual type patterns 
Uh, in other words, you're hearing what you want to hear. You think you're you have expectations about what you're supposed to hear. So then you hear that. Uh, but they've you know even done this under control laboratory uh, experimentation with these EVP meters and what they're hearing on it just isn't there. Um, now, in some cases, they say that they might have found something on it, but what was it? Was it the voice of a ghost? Well, there's there's really no way to know that, 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 that it was a ghost. Uh, so most of what you're going to hear on EVP recorder is in your imagination. That's what it is. But they have other stuff out there, the EMF meters. That's the electro electromagnetic field. Now, EMF uh, meters are used to, uh, you know, diagnose problems in electrical lines or, or power lines or something like that. Uh, that's what they're made for. Uh, but, but Ghostbusters use these to detect, you know, any fluctuation in the electromagnetic fields in an area because they believe that the ghost, uh, you know, spiritual entity puts off these, these fields. The problem with that, Johnette, is that everything from a light bulb to a toaster gives off EMFs, electronic field, you know, fluctuations. So here you have a house full of people, you know, you have a whole camera crew in there. You have all kinds of people and all kinds of instrumentation. They're just picking up each other's stuff and they're claiming, oh, no, it's, it's the presence of a ghost. There's a ghost here. No, there's not. There, there isn't. There is no indication anywhere that I could find of an EMF meter proving the presence of a spiritual entity. There's just so many other things that could be setting off that meter that it's impossible to say it was just this one ghost. REM pods, that's another thing that they use. Oh, there's a whole bunch of them. But the, the REM pod is, do they detect movement? Um, and they're claiming that, you know, a ghost can come near it and then they're, they're going to be able to say, oh, there's a movement there in that in that dark room. And the REM pod set it off. It has nothing to do with that. Um, electronics can set it off. All kinds of little things can touch it. They're very touchy uh, pieces of, of equipment and infrared thermometers they use um, infrared that's that's kind of like a device to capture invisible infrared energy that's supposedly emitted from an object and that can include you know radio waves ultraviolet light gamma rays x-rays all that kind of stuff but ghostbusters believe that ghosts emit this kind of energy as well we, of course we don't know that um but anyway, they use these to supposedly uh, be able to capture an image, usually a very filmy image, a hazy apparition that this thermometer can pick this up, this device. And actually, firefighters use infrared because it penetrates smoke. So one of the researchers said if there's a hazy, invisible apparition floating in the middle of the room, Infrared is probably the worst technology to try to detect, detect <laughs> because it's going to go right through it. It's not going to pick it up. So that and then full spectrum cameras where they all get into the orb. They're seeing orbs, which are refractions of light on the lens of a camera or specks of dust. But they think they're, oh, they're being admitted by, you know, uh, these ghosts, ghostly apparitions, some kind of spirit or, or a separate form of energy that we don't yet understand or a manifestation of native spirits. I thought, where did you get that from? But the truth is they don't understand orbs. That's what they say. Uh, but we know that they appear and that there's certain colors mean certain things. So if it's a white orb, it's, it supposedly is a person who's trapped between a plane somewhere in the netherworld. Uh, red and orange is the presence of a warm and protective spirit, such as a, you know, a ghost who was a mother or a teacher or a nurse in life. Black orbs are angry spirits, but not evil. 
the sites that, that, that I read this. Oh, no, they're not evil. There's never there's never anything demonic here. And then blue orbs are emitted by calming and healing spirits. So you can see that all this stuff is all imagination. Mm-hmm. And I loved the one article I came across. Um, I love the title of it. Uh, it was uh, Mustafa Gatolari. He was a paranormal investigator. He authored an article called I've hunted ghosts for paranormal TV shows my whole career. Here's the tricks they used to fool you. <laughs> and it was loaded with this information. It was loaded with it. It was so funny. You know, the, the bottom line, I mean, I did write an extensive blog about this. Anybody wants to read into it and any further is that a lot of most of the gadgetry, except for the EVP that's used by Ghostbusters, works very well when it's used for the purpose for which it was created, not for Ghostbusting. Well, you know, it's it's an interesting thing. I, I do want to give uh, you all information on how you can read that article. Again, it's going to be at our website, womenofgrace.com. Uh, New Age blog, it's listed there on, on the homepage. You can click on that. It'll take you right there. Or you can go directly by newage.womenofgrace.com. Newage.womenofgrace.com, uh, and you'll be able to get directly to the blog. And obviously, the new blogs pop up first, uh, but you can also do a search in the search engine there that will take you to uh, numbers of blogs on a given topic. So that's another way to uh, look for information on that blog. And of course, we do know that this blog is used very widely internationally. It's used by a lot of exorcists who uh, I quite understand uh, from what they say that it's their first place to go when they want to investigate something. So the research that Sue does is extensive. It's deep. uh, It is very good. uh, It's bona fide. So we encourage you to use the opportunities that are there for you. I think the thing that continues to amaze me, Sue, is, is the fascination for all of this. I mean, when you think about it, look at all of the time and all of the energy. Look at all of the uh, you know paraphernalia that's used, uh, the gadgetry, as you call it. Look at the the, the way in which it uh, you know is is marketed, and 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 it's like, well, why? Why are we spending so much time on such matters? Uh, it, it ceases to, uh, um, you know, it doesn't cease to amaze me that people want to spend their time doing such things. When we uh, come back from our break, we're going to go to our phone lines. I'm inviting you to give us a call, 833-288-EWTN. That's 833-288-3986, EWTN Radio's YouTube channel, Facebook page, also available for you. Use the chat feature there to get your question up on the board. Uh, Matthew Gabensky is taking your calls. Michael McCall is retrieving your questions. And Rich Jesse is producing the show. So uh, we invite you to make use of the opportunity. We've got Linda with us. Andrew, we want you to uh, do call us, 833-288-EWTN. Coming right back, Sue Brinkman on this wacky Wednesday day. So stay with us. Oh, 
my goodness, that is our Wacky Wednesday music, friends. <laughs> it lets you know that Sue Brinkman is in the house. That's what it lets you know. Uh, so on Wednesdays, we talk about all kinds of strange things. We're talking about paranormal things today, but we'll take your questions on anything that you might have questions regarding that, uh, you know, have to do with, uh, you know, the occult, the New Age, Eastern Oriental mysticism. We take it all here on Wednesdays, and we look forward to hearing from you, 833-288-EWDN. That's 833-288-3986. Also, get on out there to EWTN Radio's YouTube channel and Facebook page and use the chat feature. We'll retrieve your questions and get them up on the board. If you're out there on social media, you can see me. You can see Sue. We're waving right back at you. Uh, So we please do uh, invite you to use that opportunity. Michael McCall will retrieve your questions. Matthew Gobensky will take your calls. Rich Jesse will continue to produce the rest of the program. Yay! And we can be with you. Hey, so let's get to Linda. We've got Linda and Andrew have been holding since the beginning. We're going to get to Linda and then Andrew. Uh, Linda is in Staten Island, New York, listening to us via Station of the Cross. Hey, Linda, how are you? I'm good. Good morning, ladies. Um, So I I really need to take on what happened. I had an experience that I wasn't quite sure what to make of. Um, My mom passed away about eight months ago. And I had a dream, like we all dream sometimes, and I remember, I don't remember what the dream was at this point, but I do remember my mom seemed to interject herself into my dream and seemed to be lost or looking for something. She didn't seem to realize that she had passed, and it kind of really unnerved me, and I'm not quite sure what to make of it, and so is it? Is it possible for a soul or a spirit to not realize that they've passed? Well, that's a good question, Linda, and and thank you very much for calling, and I'm sorry for the loss of your mom. It's never easy to lose a parent, no matter what your age is, so uh, my condolences to you. I don't think that it's unusual to dream about our deceased loved ones. Uh, you know, there, there is some reason to believe that there's uh, they can be communicating with us in a certain way through these dreams. But the fact that she uh, seemed to be looking for something, uh, you know, and didn't know that she passed. Sue, so how do you how do you take that? Yeah, um, I, I guess I was just wondering what made you think that she was confused about whether or not she had passed. Did she say anything? Did she speak to you? Um, not really. She didn't really say anything, but she was just kind of wandering around. And, you know, I I really, the memory of it, because it's about a week ago, was a little hazy, but I just remember her, like she was walking around searching and uh, I was shocked to see her and she just didn't seem to realize that she had passed. And I remember I'm trying to tell her, mom, what are you doing here? Like, where did you come from? Like, you're, you you're you're dead. You passed. So, and she didn't seem to understand that. Okay, because I I'm I'm thinking that maybe um, she is is asking for prayer from purgatory. Mm-hmm. Usually, when they do, uh, when something does appear to you uh, in a dream, and and the person just looks sad, doesn't say anything, uh, but just stands there looking very sad. Uh, it, it usually means that that's a soul from purgatory who needs. <laughs> Who needs help from purgatory? Mm-hmm. Why your mother was wandering around like that is it's really not possible for a soul to not know that they had passed. Um, yeah. She knows that she passed. We know that instantly. We're, we're taught that in the catechism um, that that, you know, when you die, you you go immediately to your judgment. 
uh, it happens instantaneously almost. Um, so uh, that's not possible that she's wanting. So if, if that could, we could put you at ease about that. She wasn't wanting. She might have appeared to be that way. Uh, maybe this was just some sort uh, state of purgatory that she perhaps was in. Um, mm -hmm. uh, but if I were you, I would have masses said for her. Mm -hmm. I would definitely would do that immediately. Just have more masses that I'm sure you did when she died, but just have more masses said for her uh, and uh, keep her in your prayers. Has she come back at all? Was this the first time that ever happened? Um, no. Well, in a dream, yes. But like, I okay. had had a question as to whether or not like deceased ones could send signs because there were some indications where like I just felt that she was kind of looking over me. Mm -hmm. yeah, I, I think, yeah, I think that Sue's advice is really good, Linda. You know, my husband passed away. My, my first husband, my late husband, uh, passed away in 2007. My son passed away in 2004. It'll be 20 years on March 20th that Simon's gone from, from this earth. And since they've been deceased, for every year, uh, well, every, every month of every year, I have two masses celebrated for each of them. I have one celebrated on their uh, birth date and one celebrated on the anniversary date of their death. And I'll continue to do that until I die. And I, I've asked my daughters to make certain, and Jack, to make certain that the same is done for me, uh, because that all accrues to the good. I remember that I had a dream of my late husband, Anthony, um, a few months after he passed away. And it was interesting. He was driving a bus. I was standing on the street corner. I got on the bus and I said, oh, there you are. I've been wondering where you are. And he smiled at me and he Whoa. drove me on, took me to a destination. I got off of the bus and I said, well, aren't you coming with me? And, and he just kind of smiled at me and drove on. And, um, I took that to mean wow. that, that he was, he was, you know, going through these stages in purgatory. Uh, we never can be certain of that, but that was my sense. And, uh, the fact that he was smiling assured me of the fact that, that, you know, that the prayers were being efficacious. So you can never have enough masses prayed for our deceased loved ones. And you can go to our website, womenofgrace.com. We can help you with that very easily. But, but that That's being funny. said, um, I wouldn't labor over it at all. I would not allow myself to be all caught up in trying to discern it because the evil one can play some um, unholy havoc with you. So I, I, I would suggest that you just take it as a sign, like Sue said, and, and, and have, uh, you know, pray for her, especially through the holy sacrifice of the Mass. Okay? Yeah, it does, it does make me feel better. It just, it just unnerved me. And next month, uh, March 2nd, is my, would be my mom's birthday. In addition mm -hmm. to being my parents' 50th wedding anniversary, both my parents are gone now, so I'm having a mask for, for both of them. So beautiful. Yeah, so Oh, good. I'm glad. Yes, I'm yeah. glad. And just, you know, continue to lift her up in prayer through the course of the day. You know, so I don't think that we understand or, or can possibly realize. I know I don't understand or can possibly realize. I think God in his mercy continues to give us insight, though, on how beneficial prayers are for our deceased loved ones yes. and how important it is uh, because God will use them in positive ways. You know, we're encouraged to do so. So I think it's very, very important and very helpful. Absolutely. And something that you taught um, and you have taught in your, in your many, many conferences, Johnette, is that even if the person dies and then you just start praying for them then, mm -hmm. with God, there is no time. That's right. 
So he sees all of those prayers that even prayers in the future that you would have said for that person, he he sees all of that when mm-hmm. that person is standing in front of him. And that always comforted me yeah. for people that I had, you know, didn't know that they died, you know, that sort of thing. It's like, oh, no, that person died, you know. I think, oh, I'm behind the eight ball now. Am I praying for them? And, you know, what good is it? But then you said, and I, I re- that really stuck with me. And it's like, it's true. There is no time mm-hmm. in eternity, of course. And, and God sees everything past, present, and future all in the present moment. Um, right. So he sees anything that you do in the future and applies that to that yeah. person. So, um, yeah, that, that's something, like you said, th- those prayers are so very important. Oh, for they our are. loved ones, our deceased loved ones. They are. That's wonderful. And that's something Father Chris Aylar talks about. Um, and it's also something Padre Pio talked about. So, you know, that this is why we continue to pray for our deceased loved ones. It's efficacious. Let's get to Andrew. Yes. He's in Boston, Massachusetts today, and he is listening to us via Station of the Cross as well. We're happy to have you, Andrew. Hey, how's it going? Um, uh, great to talk to you. Um, I don't know if you remember me, but like a couple of weeks ago, I was in your YouTube chat and you read one of my questions, Janet. And um, so I just, I could talk for an hour or I could talk for a minute. I'll, so I'll keep it a minute, but I just want to say thank you. Um, I've been on this sort of road of faith for a long time. I had an encounter with God years and years ago, um, was talking to rabbis and like Protestant pastors and, um, really was sticking with the Jewish perspective of grace and not just grace through faith, but actual like mercy. And, you know, David in the Psalms talks about God chooses who he calls righteous and saves them and saves animals. And uh, I've come to learn just from listening. I've been listening to you for years, just on my radio, just like in the background. And, um, but I've learned that Catholics, and this is to anyone listening, Catholics believe that God's powerful enough to save anyone whom he yes. wills. Exodus 33, I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy. And um, I believe this is the real church. This is the church that our Lord founded on Peter. And um, I'm just blown away this week. Like I had this born again moment and I have Mary to thank, I think, for a lot of it because she points to her son. And, you know, I, on paper, I believe he could say in Jesus, but I didn't really, you know, like, know he's up there and there's a person up there who loves us. And it's like, I just, I just went to this church and I was just broke. And, uh, yeah, Hail Mary and thank you, Jesus. And thank you, Janet, and everyone in the chat and EWTN. So that's all. Well, so Andrew, I want this... to become Catholic. <laughs> Wonderful. Well, please come forward and do so. And I am so delighted you had this uh, beautiful, beautiful moment. God loves us so much. Uh, He is the hound of heaven. Uh, As Gerard Manley Hopkins writes, he is one who wants for us to come in relationship with him. And every human person who has ever been created by God and will ever be created by God, including each one of us gathered here today, has been chosen by him, chosen by him for relationship with him. And so he 
does desire that each of us come to know him, come to love him, and come to serve him, and serve him in the sense of knowing who we are in him. That serves the Lord. Uh, And then when we act on that, oh my goodness sakes, the power of the Holy Spirit uh, just imbues us and great things happen in our world and in the world and the lives of others as well. So Andrew, I'm so happy for you, just delighted. I thank you so much for listening. Thank you for calling. These praise uh, reports are so edifying, aren't they, Sue? Oh, they certainly are. And it just brings back memories to me, Andrew, of my own experience like that. And, you know, as it was later explained to me, that was the moment that I opened up and I said my yes. Oh, how beautiful you know, I had been that? resisting for still, and I said my yes. And it was like it opened a floodgate. All of a sudden, the grace and the mercy came pouring in. And I was just like, I was on a high for months after that. <laughs> I just was so on fire for the Lord and, and just deeply in love at that point. And, and but just as you were talking, it just brought all that back to me. And I thank you for, for letting me go, go down that little memory lane with you today. And remember, because <laughs you know what? Thing. You'll never forget this. Mm-hmm. You'll never forget it as long as you live. You'll That's remember right. it. And it'll be a source of strength. And this is what I think, you know, Sue, about these opportunities that God gives us. You know, when we dip back, as you say, and go down that memory lane and we remember, uh, there's something efficacious in that memory. Um, it, it, it doesn't yeah. just bring it back into our, you know, into our mind and into our imagination. It brings it back. We live it again. Uh, it, it's made present to us again in our spirit. So we hold on to these moments. Uh, they, will, they will be sure anchors for us in the midst of times of trial and in the midst of times of dryness, which is part of, of the spiritual yeah. life, you know, a beautiful part of the spiritual life, actually. But the fact of the matter is um, they serve us so well, Andrew, and you have served us well too, good man, for sharing your story with us. And listen, if you're listening today and you're hearing Andrew and saying, oh, I just so wish that something like that could happen for me, let me assure you, it can. Uh, just open your heart to the Lord and see what it is. Uh, respond to those promptings of the Holy Spirit, those little touches of grace that come into your heart and your mind. Um, We want to move forward in his divine life. Uh, We want to experience that, but we also want to love him right back. (laughs) There's sheer joy in that too, Sue, as you so beautifully said, oh, I was so in love. (laughs) So nice. Yes. (laughs) I love it. Andrew, thank you. Good man. Let's get to Kathy. Kathy is in Barnegut, I think I'm pronouncing that right, New Jersey, uh, with us via YouTube. First timer, and I'm ringing the bell. How are you, Kathy? Oh my God, thank you so much. You're welcome. I am calling because um, for many years, watching these mediums on TV claiming they speak to the dead. Yes. And, are you asking? Uh, they do they? So- <laughs> yes, that's right. Do they? And they make so much money, and they become famous, and they do shows all over the country. And it, I mean, really, uh, they. Valid? I mean, Sue? Oh, no, they're not. Actually, the, the mediums are, um, but who they're consorting with um, uh, is the devil, because it's oh. not possible for them. It's wow. not possible for them to ever be able to contact uh, the uh, a disembodied human uh, soul. They can't do that. God will not allow that. And, and the person itself can't do it because they, they don't have the, the means to do it. You know, you're cut off from your body 
from all of your senses. There's really no way for you to communicate with the material world after you've passed on. It, it That ability has to be given to you by a power that's great enough to give it. And that's either a supernatural or a preternatural power. So supernatural, of course, would be God. Preternatural would be angels or demons. Now, uh, supernatural, we know it can't be God. He won't go through a medium because he condemns them in Deuteronomy 18.10, and he calls them an abomination. Uh, and then his angels, of course— live to do his will so they're not going to you know pretend to be a, a dead person um so the only person that's left is the devil so that's why the church believes that's interesting that in because most... they claim that they have the i have the gift i have the gift i have the gift to talk well, of course and, they do you know especially one show randomly just goes up and tells people oh i'm hearing from is this your mother and you're like oh my god how could she actually get connect like that Yes, and, and you know, like the Long Long Island medium, uh, I don't know if you've, you're familiar with her, Teresa Caputo, but we have an article in there, I think we, I wrote it last year or something, um, it, it just told you about all the times when she's out there on live shows, like on television, it's easy for her to make it look like she's seeing all this stuff and getting all these good messages, but when she's doing live shows, that's not really happening, and the, the, a lot that's of people not. come away from there saying, hey, she she made that up, and that wasn't really true, and she had me come up on the stage, but I really didn't feel like she was talking about my my parent it didn't feel right to me um she's a lot of them are con artists and they they oh look my God. around so this on has been facebook going on for like years from for like decades for like uh, from the 19th for forever yes it oh it has and she's very famous she's made millions off of this and yes. she claims to be a catholic she's got a, a blessed mother statue in her front yard um, and she claims that she's a practicing Catholic, and it's like, well, how could you be practicing Catholic if you're you're committing necromancy? That's what that is. That's the sin of oh necromancy, contacting the dead. Um, that's a, a mortal talk, sin. I know. It doesn't say you're not supposed to talk to the dead. Like, no, right? Because but you, see, the, but the mediums, the mediums themselves, I mean, they're for real. They really are contact. In, in many cases, some are just con artists, but in in a lot of cases, many of them really are contacting a spirit it just isn't the dead it's demon it's a demon now they think oh that my they, god they, it's just, a lot it of just them opens up it. a whole i'm so happy to, that you clarify for this because for years you know listening and then watching it and the tv set uh for the shows it just flooded with all these shows ghost hunters yeah. and all these other yeah. things and and they just make so much money from these reality tv shows yeah. yeah. Well, they're going to, you know, they're going to thrill. That, well, that's right. And they're going to go where they're going to go where they think that they have an opportunity. I, I, I want to go to, uh, you know, Kathy, I just want you to um, hold there because Mike has a question that's similar to some of the questions that we've talked about. Have either of you experienced, and this is from YouTube, Mike on YouTube, Sue, have either of you experienced the presence of a loved one when receiving the Eucharist? St. Teresa, and he's talking of Therese, I think, uh, little Therese, speaks of feeling the presence of her mom during her first Holy Communion. And you just clarified something, uh, uh, you know, I think in your conversation here with Kathy, that, that, and also too, with our previous caller, that God can permit a soul uh, to uh, impress itself upon us in some way, but it has no power on its own to do that. It only comes by God's provision. So have you experienced the presence of a loved one when receiving the Eucharist? There are times, I think, when, uh, you know, if there's a particular need, even coming through dreams, that God will permit that to happen, correct? Yeah, 
I think so. Oh, yes. Like I, sometimes I feel like they're like around me sometimes. I feel mm-hmm. the, I feel their presence sometimes. I feel overwhelmed sometimes with that, but I also can feel it in church when I'm in intense prayer. Yes. But yes. Uh, but I think that the difference, uh, Sue, and, and this is question as well as comment, is that, you know, those God is the initiator, not man. Man doesn't go into a trance or try to contact the dead. When those things happen, God is the initiator. Uh, and I think that it leaves us with, with uh, you know, some sense of uh, the godly about it. It does. It does. And, and, you know, Kathy wasn't looking for these things. God gifted them to her while she was doing, uh, you know, while she was praying. She, um, she was gifted that by our Lord. He might have sent mm-hmm. that presence to just to comfort her. So, yeah, that's that's very, very true. But I've had a lot of people who come into the chapel right after they, they've lost a parent to say they feel closer to that parent when they're sitting in front of the Blessed Sacrament. Because they know that's where that parent is, or they're hoping, they they are with him, they're hoping, um, either in in heaven or purgatory, and they feel closer to him. And that's Mm -hmm. why they want, they, like I had the the one young woman, her her, uh, mother had just died, and she just kind of hung out there for a couple Mm -hmm. hours. She says, I just feel closer to mom here. Isn't that beautiful? Um, I want to try to get to Dave in Spokane, Washington. Sue, we're we're getting close uh, to the end here. uh, And he's been holding as well for a good while. Kathy, thank you for your call. Don't be a stranger. Call again. Uh, Dave there in Spokane listening to us via YouTube this morning. Uh, Good morning to you, Dave. Hello, uh, uh, Mrs. Williams. Yeah, I I had a funny thing yesterday because my computer went into a, a, a loop, you know. And all of a sudden, it kept repeating the words in your voice that went, Holy Spirit, Jesus Christ, in a redundant blues. And I, at first I thought E.W. Kim was doing something real funny, just putting that out there in that way. And, and you know, I don't really believe in things like that. But all of a sudden, it was doing that. And, and, and then it came to my computer. Well, let it go about five minutes. I was absorbing the message. And, and I saw my computer was frozen, and mouse didn't work or anything, so I just had to restart it. But that's what I was doing for five minutes, and your voice was saying, Holy Spirit, Jesus Christ. So oh, I think that... I was trying to message to me. Wow. <laughs> that, that's peculiar, Dave. I don't, I don't know how to respond to that at all. Sue? Yeah, I don't. I don't know what that would be either. I mean, the Lord, of course, is the is the master of all of all technology. I mean, if he wanted to do something like that, he absolutely could. Uh, but whether or not he did, I, I don't know. But it just seems kind of odd that of all the things that your, that your computer would go into a loop on, it would go into a loop on that particular at least thing. So. It, it was at least it was Holy Spirit, Jesus Christ. That's that's the good news there, Dave. Uh, you know, yes. we could get into this a little bit more. You can give a call tomorrow. Maybe we can talk about it. Uh, in the meantime, friends, it's been great being with you today. And let me just say this. I'm sorry we couldn't get to all of you that are calling in now. This is what happens at the bottom of the, uh, of the show here, at the top of the show, at the bottom of the show, the end of the show. <laughs> So we enjoy being with you Monday through Friday right here on Women of Grace Live. Uh, Sue Brinkman with us every Wednesday. Thank you, Sue, for all you do. Uh, We appreciate each one of you as well, and I encourage you to join us Monday through Friday. Until then, watch us on EW10 Television at 1 p.m. Eastern. God bless you now. Bye-bye.